0: hey welcome to the living hope parent gathering podcast the parent gathering is a weekly meeting of parents who are being trained for family discipleship through instruction and small group discussion listen now as we discuss principles for discipling your children our theme for our parent training part is helping our children thrive in a post-christian world so what does that mean to thrive in a post-christian world and that may sound extreme to some of us and you may say Well, you know, culture may not be like it used to be, but are we really post-Christian? So bear with me as we talk kind of through that today and and what that means. So if we are a post-Christian culture, how can we equip our kids to thrive and be resilient disciples of Christ in our culture? What does it mean? We talked a lot in here, if you all have been in here for any period of time, to think about our faith and our children's faith how we want it to be their authentic faith, not our faith. We want them to have an authentic faith and what that looks like. And we understand that the age we're living in is gonna require a double down seriousness in how we are raising our children. They cannot survive today without having a foundation, without having that grounding that parents and grandparents are helping in focusing and shaping their hearts and their minds and their souls for Christ. There are so many competing voices, competing narratives, against and that refute our Christian beliefs. We're living in an age, think about this, it's called digital disruption. What does that mean? We're really even thinking about like we are just swimming in secularism, moving toward that post-Christian culture. And a post-Christian culture, listen to this, they want the goals of Christianity. But they want it without christ it's like wanting the kingdom without the king they want things like justice redemption happiness joy and those are all things rooted in christianity but culture wants to cut those roots off detached from christ detached from the church Barna Research says that by the time—this is kind of hard to hear, too—by the time a child is 13 or 14, their identity and their worldview is pretty much locked in. So think about that. Our kids are no longer growing up in that Christian culture, but a post-Christian culture, which means the lens that they look through is the lens of secularism. The whole UBU, my body, my choice. These are the narratives that they are hearing their entire lives. So let's say by the time your child is 10 and you articulate the gospel to them, when you teach them Jesus and God's word and the Bible, what lens are they looking through? They're looking through that lens of secularism. That's how they are interpreting the gospel and the Bible. And if, that, if nothing else, that should jolt us awake to really think about how important it is for us to be forming them at such an early age so that we can allow them to look through a biblical worldview that lends and not secularism. So when we no longer look at God as the authority in the world, things start to fall apart. And we are seeing that. Things start to find their way in a godless way, in an idolatry way. And we as people, our human nature, we begin to look at ourselves as God. And there are pockets where, and of course a lot of you all have that, where you can still have that church experience and a home life experience that's walled off from the world. But the fact remains that the air we are breathing is the culture, and the culture is secularism. And this dismissal of God and the focus on the individual and the idea of, we'll figure it out, be skeptical of everything, deconstruct everything, So it is alarming when we look at research that shows us that so much of a child's worldview is shaped by the time that they're 13. So I know there's some of you all in here thinking, oh no, I've missed my window. My child is that age or is older than that. And then there's some of you, I hope, who are encouraged of, I feel like I have a little more time for sure. But I wanna encourage those of you who have teenagers like me that you can still shape their worldview. And I know looking around, some of you are already doing a fantastic job in that. I will say, George Barna says it takes seven years to shift a worldview. So, if we have not poured into our children and pointed them to the truth of God's word, where they have a biblical worldview, we do have somewhat of an uphill battle of saying we have. To, it's a seven years to reshape that worldview. So it's no small feat to accomplish, but we can, and that's why we do things like this. That's why you all are here, because you know that this part is so important in the way you're raising your children. So we need to think about, we need to start out by forming our children so we don't have to reshape them later. And I know some are maybe tempted to say, well, this is not my community. This is not the world my child lives on. My community is not a post-Christian world. I will push back a little bit and say, because we live in that digital disruption, uh, think about even around 2007 when the iPhone uh, came out, that uh, advent of global technology, then you have Facebook and Instagram and now TikTok. There's just so much rapid information coming at our children. For them to be able to edit and sift through all of it is just not possible. We're all swimming in it, aren't we? But I do want to also share that there is hope. If you have older children or if you even have a newborn with those big hopeful eyes, I think that we can be hopeful because if disciple-making is fruitful, then we can make that shift. We can make a difference, not just in our children's lives, but in the lives of all the children in our community and our entire culture. Not because of us, but because of Christ through us. So disciple-making can have three components. Relationships, spiritual engagement, and experiences. Relationships is community. The broader community of the church, and obviously being a part of church, we are pointing them to God. And he's obviously the most important thing that we need to be pointing them to. He's the most important relationship that our children can have and that we can have. And our kids though, they need that community. That's why you're here today. We all need community. You need to be in community with other parents and grandparents who are raising children your same age. When we intentionally build that community for our children, then peers, their age, and adults are pouring into them, pouring the truth of the gospel into them. Then we have spiritual or scriptural engagement. Barna Research LifeWay research still shows that Bible engagement is the number one catalyst of growing spiritually. Well, who'd have thunk that, right? (laughs) And that makes sense because obviously God's Word is alive and active and still moving. Make Scripture an important part of your family's heartbeat. So here's a few tips in helping your kids learn to love the Bible. It doesn't have to be hard. It is hard, though. I know you're all like, And it is hard. Don't sit there and say it's not hard, because it is hard. (laughs) But our kids learn about life and the world through exposure. You know what little people love? They love what their adults love. They follow and they do what we do. So when you introduce your little kids to Scripture at an early age with enthusiasm, they will naturally want to know more about the book that you delight in the Jesus you adore and the salvation in Christ that you treasure. If you are truly living that out and exhibiting that and exuding that, they will want to know more about it. Older kids and teens, they just wanna be invited on the journey. Now also know that teens can sometimes have a chip on their shoulder and they can say that they don't wanna be a part and I understand, we deal with this as well. What we need to understand is they can't articulate that they want to be a part of the journey. But they really do. They really do care about learning Scripture if they've been raised to know that that is the most important thing. We just have to be there to encourage them and to invite them along in our journey of learning Scripture. And as our children move toward adulthood, we need to work harder to persuade them to join us in meeting God in His Word and the effort is well worth the time. And so I wanna encourage you that. I I wanna also tell you it's not easy. And sometimes it's easier just to say, I'm gonna read God's word on my own because they are ruining this for me. And I do not want them to be a part of it because they are fuddy duddies. But I do wanna encourage you to constantly invite them to say, this is what I'm studying right now. This is what I'm reading. Would you wanna read any part of it out loud? Or how about I read it out loud today and you can just be in the room with me. And they might just sit there and have the worst attitude, but God's working. The Holy Spirit's moving in their heart, and so I just want to encourage you to invite them into that. It really is worth it. And then experiences, the third component. Kids need people walking alongside them to help them navigate this ever-changing world and to be able to have those experiences to really exercise what they want are learning. And so again, that ties back to relationships and being intentional about the community and the people they are a part of. So when all three of these components are actively present in the life of a child, their long-term probability of having an identity being rooted in Christ is much higher. We have a big challenge in helping our children navigate all the information being thrown at them. Whether you give your child a smartphone at 12 or hold off until they're 17, there is a challenge in helping them navigate. And it's not necessarily about protection. I want you to think about that, think about the word protection, because we want to put up all of these safeguards. And we want to do all of these things, but I'm here to tell you, our children will find a way. And when they are with their peers, they will find a way. And so to, not to get so caught up in the protection, even though that is important, because we cannot necessarily protect them from all the information of this world. But we need to be able to give them the preparation. We need to prepare them for how to handle that information that they are going to come across, that information that they're going to sift through. So we hope it's more about preparation than protection. We have to prepare and walk alongside them. And thinking back to those three components, if we have these strong Christian and familial relationships, that scripture engagement, then they have the components to be prepared to navigate the culture. Kids really need the community of people to experience this together with other believers, to link arms and to experience it together and to be able to feedback with each other and help lift each other up and hold each other accountable. That media disrupts the way we all think. Kids have so much information coming at them. This gets in the way of us forming and shaping their intellect and their worldview or anything. So it's that balance of trying to protect them from being so inundated with the things of this world, but also at the same time understanding that it's more about preparing them for when they do have to deal with it. So how do we manage the tension between navigating hard in this world and showing up as a kind, Christian parent who points your children to Christ. And sometimes, frankly, we just don't do it well. Sometimes we fail. And thank goodness for grace in another day, right? But if we look at 2 Timothy, the overlying theme is defending the faith in a time of doctrinal defection. We need the knowledge of truth They can only be found in God's Word, not just information. Information can overwhelm and confuse. I'm really good at intaking a lot of information. Man, I love podcasts. Who loves podcasts around here? I love them because I can be listening while I'm doing other things. It's multitasking at its finest. But the information only helps when you can classify it and make sense of it. Then it becomes knowledge. So when you can use that information, it now becomes knowledge, and we as Christians not only have to have knowledge, but we have to move it to the next level of wisdom. How are we going to use that knowledge? So think about the Old Testament where it talks about uh, looking for the ancient past, rediscovering the ancient past, Le- using that knowledge, that information, classify it into knowledge and then use it as wisdom, and to simplify for children, What are the principles of wisdom that are gonna surpass this year? That are gonna surpass 2021 and that will still exist in 2050? Man, that seems like a long ways away, doesn't it? 2050, that we as parents wanna build into our children how they think about other people and that they understand when they look at other people that everyone is created in the image of God. So think about if you have a 10 year old in your house, they will be 39 in the year 2050 they will be the ones leading our church they will be the ones leading their own families then so let's get down to the core beliefs and ideas of what it means to be a human and what it means in the kingdom of god operating in a world that the enemy has power in in this world and how it all sifts through god's hands but yet we're supposed to advance god's kingdom his kingdom idea so how are we to teach children kingdom principles. Not just how to do the right thing, how not to lie, or how to manage their sin. That's an easier thing to do. Just hand them a list of the Ten Commandments and say, go for it. This is what you should live by, right? No. In the world that we are walking into, we want to empower our children to start to see kingdom ways of living life. And a new framework for what it means for them to be partnering with God to launch into the world to do His work. Obviously, again, those are great rules to live by morally and justly. But it's more than just checking those boxes. I didn't do that or I did this and this is what I do. It's about living a way that honors the Lord and doing His work. So maybe the conversation is what values are we instilling? How do we build resilience? How to be responsible and not get caught up in the consumption and entertainment of this world? What is the web of community around our children? Think about that. What is the web of community around your child? As a church, how can we foster that network of communities and caring adults pouring into our kids? Who are the authorities in their life? Who are they listening to? When they're away from us, who's pouring into them? When they come home, we have to be intentional. Because that time is so limited, we have to be pouring the truth of God into them and not be on our devices or saying, we've had a really tough day, we just want to hang out. Now we all have days like that where we just need to disengage and I understand that. But if we make that a daily practice, then someone else is discipling our child. If we aren't discipling our children, someone else is. And most of the time it's the culture and it's the world. As parents, it would be an interesting experiment to sit back and try to assess how many hours a day is my child hearing from a certain source, that source, a YouTube personality, an influencer, a certain community. Um, We can map it and look at it, and it will shed light on that. In fact, I encourage us as adults, for you all, that maybe this week, and I'll do it as well, that we look at our inputs. Many times, as adults, how much chaos do we feel and the overwhelming uh, senses that we have getting overloaded with information from the world. Overstimulation of media and information being inputted each and every day, it can feel overwhelming at times. So, I encourage you to map it out. Look at your day, social media, news outlets, radio, television, even podcasts, even though they're great. Who are you listening to? Where is the information coming from? How many? How much? So do an assessment, and maybe we need to recorrect if necessary. Think about how much the world is inputting and how much time you're allowing God's Word to input. And also think of all the inputs in our life are giving us feelings of overwhelm. Imagine what it's doing to our children. So do this assessment with your kids if they're old enough. Have a conversation with them. Be honest about how it affects you. And if you say, it gives me feelings of overwhelm and maybe anxiety at times, I can imagine it would do the same for you as well. Remind them that they are being formed and shaped. Sometimes things may seem harmless and the norm, but remind your kids that, they, that there is an agenda a lot of times and that some things are not normal and are not true. Even, um, and everything that we do has a shaping effect. So if you think about from a, a small child we want to form them in the image of God and how God's created them and his word but everything that's coming at our children is forming and shaping them we have to guard ourselves as believers about what we are letting in we have to be resilient so I've said it a lot in here about being resilient disciples but what does that resiliency mean it's a spiritual elasticity if we can think about it like this that we can, can be developed in an adult or a child it's like a resistant strength to bend and flex, but not break under the weight of culture. So it's easy to feel discouraged, and I do not want to discourage you today. When we talk about our culture and what our kids face, and it seems discouraging, when we think about the ways that seem to keep crashing in. But the beautiful thing about resilience is that it can be formed And that's what God has called us to do and to be as parents is to form our children. So I want to remind you to not be anxious. God, in all of his wisdom, made you the parents and grandparents of your children for such a time as this. So be encouraged. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Parent Gathering podcast. We invite you to join us at 930 on Sunday mornings in the Rec Center, where we will have opportunities for discussion among other parents. For more information about Living Hope Next Gen Ministries, go to livehopeful.com.